hello, bienvenido, and welcome. My name is Annette Perel. I'm a proud Afro-Latina of Panamanian descent and a doula for over 17 years and mom of a son. I created this podcast to help connect people to other Black, Latino, and Indigenous people in the birth field. I also want my listeners to hear birth stories directly from the parents who experience them. Welcome to the Clear Birth Podcast. People don't just work out or just diet because they want to be healthier. They do it for other reasons. There's deeper reasons. I don't just personal train and do nutrition with my clients. I also work on their life coaching. Basically, we talk about everything that's going on. And what I have found is that going deeper into it with them makes this program more complete for them. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Thelis Negron of MBX Fit and the developer of MBX 12-Week Personal Training Program. In full transparency, I was Thelis's birth doula. Diet is an issue with a lot of women during pregnancy, with most physicians recommending that women only gain 30 pounds during pregnancy. I think it's important to look at food as fuel and health as opposed to the negative association with diet culture. Thelis shares her approach, not just for future moms, but as a way of life. Thelis, I want to welcome you to my show, to the podcast, the Clear Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. No, definitely, definitely. So we would just jump right into the questions. Okay. So the first one is, what career did you want to do when you were in grade school, high school, and college? Well, as a very, very young child, I was really good in art. So I actually used to love to draw. And growing up, I think through eighth grade, I thought I was going to be an artist. But my mom kept telling me that was a starving profession. (laughs) (laughs) So I had it in my head that I probably shouldn't major in that. But I did in high school. I did do some drawing and painting and in college. But in high school, I also did drama. And through high school, I started to think, oh, maybe I could be an actress. I actually really enjoy being on stage. Mm -hmm. And then again, my mom was like, well, that's another starving profession. Why don't you pick something where like you could actually make some money? (laughs) So in college, I sort of had it in the back of my mind that I would want to be an actress. But I always thought, you know, I want to actually make my mom proud and I want to do something where I can actually make some money. So instead of studying drama in college, I studied economics and sociology. Mm -hmm. And then I thought I'd be a psychologist. But right after college, I went right into acting. And that was really the first thing that I tried out as a college graduate. Okay. And so before you started this career, what job did you have right before so acting. So I went acting. to okay. I went to college in Pennsylvania and then I moved to LA right mm-hmm. after. Well, no, I moved to New York first and I, I was in investment banking for a year. Okay. I found out that making money did not make me happy um, <laughs> and decided to try what I actually thought would make me happy. So I moved to LA and I was in, you know, the film industry for mm-hmm. four to five years. But in that time, I became a personal trainer to make money while I was auditioning. And what I found was that I actually loved that more than acting. I actually did not, I loved theater acting on stage, but I did not love film acting. I didn't like the waiting around and having to be on cue to act. Like I liked acting as being that person for an hour, two hours on stage. Mm -hmm. I didn't 
really appreciate the whole on cue for five seconds and then you got to move, you know, move lighting and got to put makeup on and then you're on cue again for five seconds. That didn't feel like acting to me and it wasn't something that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. So in, in that time that I was auditioning and, you know, doing, you know, small parts here and there, I realized that the personal training was more up my alley. So I got into that and through that got into nutrition and through that sort of started paving the way into what I do now. And so, so explain a little bit about like what, what drew you to personal training? Like from acting to personal training, that's like a big leap. So yeah, it is a big leap, but in LA, um, and really kind of goes hand in hand, actually in LA, everybody's fit. Everybody wants to look good, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in the film industry, you have to camera ready. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was into working out growing up. I always wanted to be in shape. I really liked, you know, um, I didn't love running growing up. That's something that I actually <laughs> had to like and start to enjoy later in life. But I always liked um, working out, especially. So when I was in high school, it was when Terminator 2 came out. And yes. I remember that the lead actress was very yes. fit, very she muscular. Very fit. Her arms were ripped. I forget her name, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I forget her name too. Um that kind of started that trend. And then when I was in, in LA, Renee Zellweger had that very fit, thin, yes. very muscular looking body. So that mm-hmm. kind of became trendy in LA at the time. And so that sort of drew me into like, oh, maybe I should start really working out, you know, with weights, not just cardio and really yes. start to get more muscular. And in that process, it was sort of like, well, I'm starting to enjoy doing this. Maybe this is something that I would want to do on the side. I mean, I could make a lot more money than waitressing mm-hmm. and I can pick my hours. And that's basically how I got into the personal training part. And then, so of course, but personal training and nutrition go hand in hand, kind of, so to speak. So then the nutrition aspect was just like an addition. Yeah. So I didn't realize until I was doing it myself, how bad the information is out there for nutrition. And when I first started working out really, um, you know, with the personal training, but for myself, really taking it seriously, I tried everything I tried, you know, back then it was like the Atkins diet. I tried the no carbs. I tried the lemon and cayenne pepper. You know, I tried everything, oh, yes, everything. Uh-huh. everything. Like, you know, I was that person, you know, I, I understand my clients so well because I was that person. I went yeah. through all the, the trial errors of, of dieting and crash dieting and, you know, all of that stuff. And through time, I realized that none of it made sense. It was mm-hmm. like, I would get information from one place and then I would get information from another place. And when I would try to put it together, it was like, well, all of these philosophies sort of like, they don't coincide. So I'm, you know, I'm depriving myself of one thing, but needing it for other things. And it, it just mm-hmm. didn't all make sense. So then I started, you know, doing my own research and then I got certified in nutrition and even being certified in nutrition, you don't really get the complete picture. So I've okay. had to have two or three different certifications to sort of come up with what I now have developed, not just for myself, but has worked for my clients as well. My program, you know, to really get a complete diet picture, I really had to study for a long time what your body actually needs for not just for energy, not just for health, but for muscle building, for fat burning, like all those different things. Mm -hmm. If you follow what's going on trend wise, you're only going to get 
like a little part of what you actually need, like the keto diet. It's only one little part of what you actually need. The Mm -hmm. Atkins diet, it's only one little part of what you actually need. The complete picture, it took a lot. It took me a good five, six years to really do a lot of research and studying to find the perfect combination of everything that will work for everyone. Okay, so explain a little bit of what that is. What are the ingredients that make up the perfect? Not I, I don't like diet, right? Because diet right. gets such a bad rap of just like healthy eating, right? Yeah. Well, funny enough, your diet is what you eat, and yes. it does have a negative connotation. And I actually have to teach my clients same, you know, the same exact thing that you just thought. It's like people come in, they're like, I don't want to be on a diet. I don't want to, you know, but the thing is your diet is what you eat. So it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I try to start teaching my clients about positive, you know, positive associations with food and diet. Mm -hmm. Um, Your diet is what you eat. It's not, it's not to be thought of as something that's jarring or restrictive. It's actually supposed to be complete. So whenever I start with a new client, they always say to me, they're like, I don't want to do a diet and I don't want to you know, be, you know, restrict myself. I want to feel like I can eat everything. And I'm like, this is exactly what my program teaches you. You can eat everything if you eat it in proper moderation. And also if you eat everything. So to answer your question, very basic, we need protein, we need carbs, we need fat, and we need fiber. We need to make sure that we have the right amount of those four main things. And when you do, you'll develop muscle, you'll reduce inflammation, and you'll reduce body fat. In order to build muscle, you must have protein. A lot of people, there's a new movement with moving away from animal-based proteins, which I understand mm-hmm. carbon footprint and yes. you know everything that's happening with the environment and the overproduction of meats and everything. I completely agree with that. Unfortunately, though, plant-based proteins don't have the right amount of amino acids to build muscle. And the only way to build muscle or the only way to to reduce body fat is to build muscle. So basically your, your body's consistent of bone and then there's muscle and then there's fat and then there's skin that in between skin and and muscle is what everybody wants to reduce. We don't want to reduce the muscle. We want to build the muscle and then bring that body fat down. And the only way to do that is to feed it with animal based proteins and then carbs, carbs are absolutely necessary. But what I, what I try to get my clients to understand is there's a difference between complex carbs and simple carbs, simple carbs, they burn quicker, it's sugar, you know, whatever carbs that are made with simple carbs are going to burn a lot quicker, they're, they're going to turn to sugar in your in your body, and mm-hmm. they're not going to give you the feeling of, of being full. And they're going to make you want to eat more, a lot quicker. What you want to do is try to incorporate your diet with complex carbs because they burn slower. They make you feel fuller longer. And then they're also going to have higher fiber, which is also necessary for um, reducing body fat. So I basically give my clients the proper combination. What they end up finding, a lot of times they'll come in and be like, I don't want to be hungry. I don't want to feel like I'm starving. A lot of times after like a couple of days of doing my plan, they'll come in, they'll say, I've never eaten so much. I've never felt so full. And yet I'm losing weight. I don't understand what's going on. What's going on is you're fueling your body with the right types of nutrients for Mm -hmm. it to actually burn through what's there. If you don't feed your body properly, it's always going to feel like it's starving and it's going to eat away at muscle. And if you eat away at muscle, then your body fat's going to go up higher. If you actually keep muscle and, and build it, 
then your body fat starts to come down. So it's that combination of everything with the diet. And then of course the personal training, you know, the strength training aspect of it that completes the picture. So an example of like when we're talking about the foods we eat and you're talking about the program, how often are people eating? So I have found eating every three to four hours is optimal. The issue that people have had with that, with the new diet trends with snacking is that it has a bad reputation. Again, there's like a lot of bad, there's a lot of bad stigma attached to like all these different foods because of all these different diet fads that people have been following. If you learn how to properly snack on the right things, then you should be eating every three to four hours. So the way that I lay it out Mm -hmm. is you're going to have your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but you're also going to have something in between because what happens is you're going to keep your metabolism going throughout the day, which means you're going to burn more. People are always afraid of eating more during the day. And what they end up doing is not eating much throughout the day. And then by the time dinner comes, they're starving. So they're actually Mm -hmm. overeating before they go to bed, which is the worst thing you can do because you can't burn those calories. If you actually eat a little bit more throughout the day, you'll stay fuller longer. You'll keep your blood sugar leveled. It won't crash. And, you know, you won't have that, like, you know, need for sugar at two, yes. three o'clock in the afternoon that most people have. And then you actually less at night because you won't be starving. But people have this, this mentality of mm-hmm. like eating less is better. You'll lose weight, you know, quicker yeah. or, or longer. It's actually the opposite. In the beginning, when you restrict your calories, which, you know, this is what people find. And this is why a lot of people are like, oh, no, no, I need to like not eat this and not eat that and not eat, you know, for like five hours, 10 hours yes. of this new intermittent fasting thing. I should eat for, not eat for 16 hours. <laughs> ah, yes, It works in the beginning, of course. It works in the beginning, but then your body, your body's very efficient. And what happens is we get, our bodies get used to mm-hmm. the caloric mm-hmm. deficit quickly. So within the first week, if you, you know, drop your calories by like a thousand for the week, yeah, you're going to lose weight. But then by the next week, your body's like, okay, now I know how to run on empty. So I'm not going to burn as much because I need to conserve this energy for yeah. being able to function, being able to think, being able to walk and breathe and talk. I need that energy. So since I'm not getting it from food, I'm just going to start conserving mm-hmm. any little bit that I have. Yeah. And I'm not going to burn it. It's the opposite of what you want to do, right? What you want to do is be burning, especially if you're you're trying to lose weight. If you're trying to lose weight, you want to burn more calories. You want to burn more fat. So you actually want to eat because when you eat, (laughs) then your body's using that for energy and not, you know, not your brain cells and not, you know, your actual energy that you need for like everyday functioning. So with that, if you're eating every three to four hours, we're looking at, you know, if you on average, um, if you wake up around seven, then Mm -hmm. we're looking at about four to five, right, meals throughout the day. And are these meals full meals or are they a combination of all of the elements that you said are necessary to burn? Okay, so my advice to everyone is always, 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 always have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And those should be like a normal size portion. Okay. 
This is another issue that I come up against with people, especially in America. I've lived all over the world. We're the only country in the world where you you, you order a meal and it comes in the plate in a plate the size Huge. of like a football. It's two, it's two meals, and two, it's like three a mound meals. Of food. Exactly. No, that is not a normal portion. Yeah. The average person should have about 2,000 calories a day. Okay. Depending on your size, obviously, it could be a little more, it could be a little less, but around 2,000 calories a day. So we're talking about you know, your major meals being anywhere from 250 to 500 calories. And then your snacks should be 150, 200 calories, again, depending on your size. But that's like, you know, the basic um, Mm -hmm. portion. So we're talking about having full meals at these three meals. I usually will have people not really eat carbs at night. That's really when I say, you know, avoid um, carbs because you're not going to be burning those calories. Carbs are really an energy booster. You don't need it so much before bed, Mm -hmm. but in general, yes, protein, fat, carbs, fiber, every meal. And then your snacks in between are smaller. And what I have people do is a piece of fruit or something like that. What what we're really working on is keeping your energy levels and also keeping your metabolism burning Burning. throughout the day so that it's constantly working. And if your metabolism is working properly, your body fat is going to be, you know, coming, will will come down. Mm -hmm. If your metabolism is slow, your body's going to tend to hold on to more body fat. Okay. And so when we're looking at the smaller meals, the snacking meals, Mm -hmm. um, again, and we're looking at fat. So we're talking about like nuts, maybe a piece of fruit and something like um, an avocado Avocado, or things. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to stick to like really, you know, the healthy fats. It's, it's all like the rage now, you know, the the avocado, nuts, you know, nut butters, those things, those are all healthy fats. You can do, you know, high fiber crackers. Um, I personally love fruit. And again, that's another, it's so funny how, how there's another stigma attached to fruit. I get people all the time. They're like, well, fruit's really high in sugar. It's there are different types of sugar and the way that your body processes them is also an important thing to to keep in mind with sugar, with fruit, you do not have to worry about sugar. You can eat as much mm-hmm. fruit as you want. Your body needs it. And on top of it, most fruit has, you know, has fiber. Um, so that'll help you feel satiated longer. Um, but the main thing is that fruit actually detoxifies the liver. The liver is really important in digestion. And if your, your liver is not working properly, that's another reason why you might hold on to body fat. So having mm-hmm. fruit regularly in your diet really cleanses the liver. So that's an that's another helpful tool to lose weight if you're looking to reduce body fat and to lose weight. Okay. So if we're looking at uh, uh, your, you can eat as much fruit as you want. So like making a fruit salad, a small one though, not a big, like probably a saucer, the little bowl, the hand bowled ones size. And this is the thing. Portions will come easily and naturally if you're eating properly. So, okay. so if you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you're eating the right portion for your, for your body, for your size, you're not even going to, you're, you're not going to overeat. So the reason people overeat okay. is because they undereat. People overeat yeah. because they don't eat enough. And then when it comes to like six, seven o'clock at night, they're so hungry that they just, that they eat everything, right? If you're, if you start your day off with the right portion of breakfast, 
and you have a little snack in between lunch, breakfast and lunch, and then you have your lunch and then you have another snack around two or three when most people are having that little bit of a crash. By the time dinner comes, you will not overeat because you're not going to be starving. You're going to be, yeah. you know, you're going to be properly hungry for the amount of food that you've eaten for the day, for the amount of energy that you've needed for the day. Mm-hmm. And you're going to eat and then you're going to, f- this is exactly the reaction I get from my clients. So like, I can't believe that I didn't need to eat that much. Like I normally would have such and such and that, and I, you know, this portion, by the time I, you know, dinner came, I was hungry, but I, you know, yes, a typical a portion time. and I was mm-hmm. fine. I didn't need to eat anymore. And I didn't need to eat while watching TV right before bed. Like when I'm usually hungry, when most people usually yes. are, mm-hmm. you know, craving the ice cream, craving the cereal, craving the sugar because they need that energy because they haven't, they're depleting themselves of energy throughout the day without, by not eating enough. Yes. But to answer your question, the portion really is, is dependent on how much you're eating throughout the day. Your portions are all, they're going to be determined by how much you're actually feeding your body. You know, food is fuel. Your body needs Mm -hmm. food in order to have energy. And if you dep- if you you're not giving it the right amount of energy, that's when you're going to want to eat a big bowl of fruit versus a little bowl of fruit. Yes. Okay. I see. And and then, so that's one portion. Our diet, mm-hmm. what we eat, and what we put, how often, how frequently. That is one port portion of it. Portion of it. The right. other portion now is exercise. Yes, which is very important. So how much exercise should should people be doing? Because I know I, I have a, a friend who will go to the gym and spend four hours in the gym. And I'm like, you don't need to be in the gym for four hours. That no. is just a waste. It is a waste. So It is. Yeah. And I guarantee that person is there for four hours and pretty much working out for maybe 20 minutes, walking around, talking to people, watching TV. This is what people think the gym is or what yeah. working out is sometimes, but I'm so glad you brought that up because I, that's another misconception that people have. You have to kill yourself and do a ton of cardio and work out for hours in order to be in shape and look good. And this is why a lot of people shy away from working out because they think that yeah. it has to be the strenuous, crazy, tiring thing. It's actually the opposite. Less is more. If you're eating properly and you have a proper strength training program, then a little bit of cardio peppered in there and pretty much it. So I, you know, I start my clients off with two days a week of strength training. I usually break up the body parts so that every muscle is being worked at least once Mm -hmm. a week. And then in the beginning, I honestly don't even have them do much cardio. I have them do some walking because I want them to get used to doing something, being more active because usually people come to me having been active in the past and not for a long time or never having been active at all. Okay. But even people that have come to me who are like crazy workout workoutaholics, I do the same thing. I say, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with two days a week. Less is more. And as you get used to this new way of eating and having more energy throughout the day, then we add a little bit more cardio. But in general, I have people do weight training twice, two to three times a week at the most. Okay. Um, and the cardio sessions two to three times a week, depending on, you know, what your goals are. Um, I would tell you to do some fast paced walking or I tell you to do some jogging. It really depends on where the person is, but it's, but it's not that much. It's like in total four to five times a week of like 20 to 30 minutes 
um, mm. of everything. So that would be yeah. an example would be two days of fast paced walking or jogging 20 to 30 minutes. And then the two days of uh, weight training 30 to 45 minutes. It's, it's not this crazy strenuous thing. The mm-hmm. reason that works so well is because what we do in the strength training program is build muscle. The more muscle you have, the more your body fat is going to go down. You don't have to do a crazy amount of cardio. The reason I, the, the cardio is in the program and it should be in everyone's program um, is because you want to keep your heart healthy yeah. and you want to be able to have good lung function so that you can breathe and, you know, do your everyday activities. But the, the main focus of cardio isn't weight loss. Weight loss comes from building muscle. So to your point about your friend spending four hours at the gym, if you're working out properly, you're going to be so exhausted after half an hour of weight training, you're not going to want to do anymore. That's mm-hmm. the part that my clients are always like, I can't believe how much, how, how, how tired and sweaty and how much my heart rate goes up just from doing weights because I teach them how to do weights properly. Weight training is a very, very specific science and the way it works for it to be able to, for you to be able to build muscle and burn body fat is really important. It's really all about building muscle, building muscle, but there's again, a whole slew of misinformation about how to build muscle. You know, people think high reps, low weight, you know, work out for three hours, you know, you should be doing weights for all, you know, a long period of time. It doesn't have to be that way. It's much more efficient than that. If you're building muscle properly and you're, and you're, you're really dedicating the time that you're at the gym to weight training and not walking around and not being on the treadmill for an hour, just like, you know, watching TV. If you're actually dedicating to building muscle, it really doesn't take much more than two to three times a week and 30 to 45 minutes. And that will give you the results for the long run, not just for the short run. A lot of people do cardio to lose weight. And what ends up happening is, again, the same thing with the the dieting. The first week, second week, you're going to lose a ton of weight because you're burning extra calories. But then your body gets smart and it says, oh, I don't need to expend this much energy to get this done. I can just reserve my energy and you know, do that same run that you did all last week, I can do it for, you know, I can burn less calories this week for that. Um, And then what ends up happening is because your body's conserving that energy, it stops burning fat. Mm -hmm. It's just holding on to body fat in order to have the energy to be able to function. So overdoing cardio doesn't work. It only works in the short run. And so how this all relates, of course, right? If we're talking about this is a clear birth podcast is pregnancy, right? Yes. And, and most women in pregnancy are told to limit the amount of weight they gain to about 30 pounds on average. And, and you are during your pregnancy, you continued, if you just tell a little bit about your eating and your journey through pregnancy and the weight gain. Yeah. I like everyone else was very worried that I'm, I would be unable to control how much weight I gain okay. when I, you know, became pregnant. I was like, Oh my gosh, is this going to be hard for me? Is it going to be easy? I don't know. You know, you don't know until mm-hmm. you're in it. And also a lot of, you know, you obviously understand that there are a lot of factors come into play hormones and all these different things. And I've seen friends of mine who were in really great shape. And when they became pregnant, you know, they, they, 
lost control of their weight and really couldn't manage it. So I didn't know what I was walking into, but what I realized after, you know, during, you know, during the process and now after the way I ate, the way I worked out helped so much. I didn't change anything about my diet. Um, I was able to work out a tiny bit in the beginning. I honestly, toward the end, couldn't because my, my baby was, you know, my hips were narrow and my baby was sitting on them and it would hurt to walk. I mean, I couldn't even really walk too much because it would hurt. Um, so for like the last three or four months, I didn't really do much working out, barely walking. Um, but I was able to maintain my, my weight, um, because of my diet, because I kept the same exact diet, the proper combination of, of protein, fiber, carbs, um, and fat. And I, I just made sure that I was eating properly. I ate more. I craved more. I'm also, I was mm-hmm. also feeding a second person, obviously. Yes. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, I gained the normal amount and I was able to maintain my weight. And then after she was born about, it took me maybe two months to, uh, yeah, about eight weeks to really lose all of the weight that I had gained. Um, and I honestly believe it's because I had, my body was already trained diet wise. So, you know, to answer your question, for women who are trying to get pregnant, that's the time to really hone in on working out properly and dieting. I mean, even before they're even thinking about getting pregnant, everyone should do yes. this. Um, but if you're thinking about getting pregnant, a lot of people wait to get pregnant to start working out. They're like, oh, I should work out through my pregnancy and then I won't gain weight. And it's like, well, no, you got to get a head start on that. You have to start mm-hmm. building some muscle because A, it's going to be healthier for you carrying your baby a lot of people you know get back problems because their lower backs are weak or they just they get diastasis because their Mm -hmm. their abs are weak if you start strength training those areas before you get pregnant it's going to be easier for you through your pregnancy you won't you know you'll avoid injuries a lot easier but in addition you will maintain the low body fat because the more muscle you have the lower body fat you're going to have so if you start strength training before it's going to, you know, Make help a, a lot with weight yeah. gain, you know, and weight maintenance throughout the pregnancy. That's fantastic. I think this is, this is incredible. And I mean, not just for everyone, but, but yes, for everyone. Yes. But especially for, for, for pregnant women to hear that, you know, if you're doing, if you're eating, properly and you're working out properly, you don't have to kill yourself with two hours of working out every week. And also you can eat enough from having a healthy portions of every meal um, to maintain and also grow a baby, right? right? And then afterwards, not worry about, you know, this four week snapback that everyone talks about. I, I would really love to see that go away, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but just understanding that, you know, definitely eating, eating healthier, um, and also eating more will prevent you from eating things that are like unnecessary in your diet, right? That, that you won't like, you know, if it's in a paper, if it's in a bag that makes a, a funny noise, maybe you shouldn't be eating it, right? So stay away from those type of things. Or if you were to eat that on this, you were, you would know that your body would be like, I don't really want that much of it. I might mm-hmm. want a little bit of it. Or if you had one, it wouldn't necessarily derail your whole program. Right. Um, it, it's in, and also just, 
it's a healthy balance that that you can maintain yeah. before, during, and after. Well, it's like it's like a lifestyle, right? Yeah, it's a lifestyle, and, and it's. I'm glad you brought that up too because that's the other thing is that it's not it's not to restrict you of anything forever. But the yeah. thing is, if you start eating this way every day, eighty five ninety percent, eighty to eighty five percent of the time, when you do have you know the craving for like a cupcake or a pizza or whatever, your body is going to be efficient enough to break it down and metabolize it. If you're yeah. eating that stuff um, regularly, or if you're just, your diet is just poor regularly, that's when your body just doesn't know what to do with it. And it just clogs it up and just holds on to it. So mm-hmm. if you're eating healthfully regularly, you can have your cookie, you can have your cupcake, you're not going to crave it as much, though. That's the other thing. Yeah. The other thing about my plan is that we remove sugar from it from the beginning. That's like the number one thing is to just not and we're talking about simple sugars, we're talking about simple carbs, we're not talking about um, fruit, and yeah. other things that people are like, we're concerned about, we're talking like about refined sugar white coffee. sugar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Once you remove that from your diet, a hundred percent of the time people are like, wow, I, I'm not craving cookies anymore. Yeah. Because you, yeah. it's not in your diet anymore. Your body will only crave it if you give it to it to begin with. And your body will only crave it if you don't give it enough to, you know, go on for energy. Sugar yeah. is, is just energy to your body. When they, when you, you know, put sugar into your body, it just sees it as like, Ooh, some energy. This is like something for me to be able to like function. Um, yeah. You can get that without sugar. So when I replace the sugars that people normally have in their diet with whole foods, like fruits and vegetables and fiber and car, you know, complex carbs, after like a week, most people see the difference. They're just like, yeah. I don't, you know, that piece of candy bar at the, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon anymore. Every day I used mm-hmm. to have to have chocolate. I used to have to have yeah. cookies. I just don't crave it anymore. Yeah. So removing yeah. it, um, you know, so it's not that you're going to have to restrict yourself forever. You're, you're, you're going to mm-hmm. want a cookie. You're going to want a cupcake. Yeah. You're going to want to eat cake if you go to a birthday and, or, you know, you're going to want a pizza, but if you don't have it regularly, your body and you are having, the, the right amount of other things regularly and your body's working efficiently and, and, and functioning properly with um, the metabolism working optimally. Mm-hmm. You can have that cookie and your body will not hold on to it. It's not going to turn to fat. It's just going to digest yeah. it. Like it's supposed to. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. That makes a world of difference. Totally. Yeah. Thank you for that. And this next segment that we're going to go into is called what I like to call daily inspiration. Okay. And my first question is, what brings you joy? Well, these days, my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for being born during the pandemic. And I was like, yes, obviously the most depressing time of everyone's life. But it wasn't really that depressing for me because every day it was like, waiting for her to come. And then she came and she was this perfect little angel. Um, so she brings me joy. My husband brings yeah. me joy. We have a great relationship. And yes. even through the pandemic, we got along. I know a lot of people suffered with relationships through that time, but we were really good. So that was great. My two beautiful cats, they bring yeah, me we joy. we just saw one of them. Yeah. Just seeing them just makes me yeah. so happy. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, 
my career, what I've chosen to do with mm-hmm. my life brings me a lot of joy. I started this in LA and I remember when I was doing, was considering the transition from acting to personal training and nutrition. Um, I remember saying to people that I really enjoy helping people. <laughs> I just yeah. remember yes. in LA, that is not the environment for uh, that to be acceptable. Yes, the mm-hmm. <laughs> Something that you mm-hmm. want to do. You really like so, helping people? That's what you like to do? I'm like, yeah, everybody's sort of yeah. in it for themselves in LA. So whenever, yes. whenever I would say that, it was sort of like, you're, you're just saying that you don't really like, you don't really just want to help people. I really truly enjoy helping people. In fact, I didn't mention this, but, um, in my journey through, um, personal training and nutrition, I went back to school and got a master's in psychology because I really wanted to help people even further. I wanted to get behind the psychology of the way people eat the way people work out and, you know, all of the, the stigma around it and, and just like, there are negative connotations around it. And when I started to work with people on that, before I had my master's, I realized, wow, this is really, this, this is more, this goes deeper than just talking about wanting to diet and wanting to be healthy. Every time I train someone, I always go and uncover something that's has nothing to do with wanting to be healthier. People don't just work out or just diet because they want to be healthier. They do it for other reasons. There's deeper reasons and the psychology Mm -hmm. behind it. I really wanted to get into. And that's another piece of my program. That's different. I don't just personal train and do nutrition with my clients. I also work on their life, just sort of life coaching. Basically we talk about Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And what I have found is that going deeper into it with them makes this program more complete for them, makes it easier for them to want to work out and want to eat well, because their, their lifestyle change isn't just about being healthy because that that can mean anything to anyone, right? Mm -hmm, You can be healthy mm -hmm. and overweight. It doesn't matter. Your, Your mental health has to be connected to it. And a lot of times the reason people don't stick with the plan is because their mental health is not, is not making Connecting. a connection. Yeah. Um, that's, in, yeah, so that's, yeah, incredible. that's another part of the yeah. program that is really, really important. Yeah. I can see where that would make, that would make sense, right? Because you're also breaking the patterns of the things that you've done before because you're yes. connecting it. Whereas you're subconsciously, if you're subconsciously eating things that you ate before just because they're part of your diet, now you're now you're realizing, oh, that was connected to maybe a trauma. And yes. now that I'm releasing it or spoke about it, I can release and not not do that anymore. Or when I'm doing it, I might be aware, oh, that was a trigger. I yes. don't need this. I can yes. choose something different and changing it. Absolutely. That was a great component to add to add to it. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what What's your favorite scent? <laughs> uh, it's pretty cliche. I love lavender. I like, I, I'm a very, I like calm everything. I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I like calm, although that hasn't happened since I've had a baby. But, <laughs> but I like to incorporate things in my life that like bring peace and calmness. And that's why I have cats and not dogs. I don't need things jumping around and running around. Oh, I love dogs too, but I like yes peaceful things. And I find that lavender is very peaceful. I like the scent mm-hmm. of like orchids, things like that are yeah. 
just like yeah. I could, I could live in a room with orchids and lavender, no noise, no sound, just my cats and my baby. And that would be perfect. Would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> What's a quote or a saying that inspires you? Um, funny enough, I just had thought of something that came to my head when we were just talking a, a few minutes ago. Um, you know, it's, it's actually from a French philosopher. It's like you live to the French, the French like to work, to live, not live to work. And I just yes. thought of it as working out. I like to work out to live, not live to work out. Yes. So when we were talking exactly. about, you know, people thinking that like they have to, you know, work out for three, four hours at a time at a gym, it's like, your quality of life isn't, shouldn't be determined by how yes. long you're at the gym. Your quality, mm-hmm. your, your gym time should give you your quality of life. Right. So you want to yes. minimize that and maximize the amount um, of what you do so that you can have a good quality of life. People constantly ask me like, how much do you work out? And how much did you work out when you were work- when you were pregnant and all these different things? I'm like, honestly, right now and during and all the time, two or three times a week. I don't really work out that much, but I, you know, the quality of what I do is what makes my life better. It's not because I spent three hours at the gym. It's because I spend, you know, the the little amount that I do spend makes me feel great for the whole day. You know, I have the whole day to do other things, not just work out. Yeah. That, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Thank you for that. This next segment is where you could share your birth story. And I don't prompt you in any way. You okay. could share as much as you want, as little as you want, whatever, but your story, how you'd like to share it. Well, I mean, I think, I honestly think that the way that I eat and exercise made my pregnancy really easy. I think, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I think that's what happened. My pregnancy went really, really well. It was, you know, I, I, I had a little bit of, um, a little bit of nausea the first trimester, second trimester felt great. And it wasn't until the very end of my third trimester that I was just, you know, I was heavily pregnant and ready to, to not be pregnant anymore. But Mm -hmm. as far as like physically how I felt, I felt great throughout. I slept really well. Um, and actually you made a comment when I talked about the actual birth or the, you know, the recovery post-birth, um, postpartum, I didn't really tear very much. And even my doctor was like, I had a natural birth, a vaginal birth. And my doctor was like, I've never seen this. You really didn't tear. And I said that to you. And you said, that's because you have healthy tissue. And it started getting, you know, I started thinking, I was like, wow, like eating well, Mm-hmm. And eating properly, obviously, is going to yield healthier skin and tissue. Yes. And I recovered, you know, really quickly from the, the, the little bit that, of tearing that there was down there, which was very mm-hmm. minimal, um, because I had really healthy tissue from, from yeah. eating properly. Eating well. Mm-hmm. It makes a world of difference. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, like you mentioned throughout your pregnancy, because you worked out before, um, and when you got towards the end and felt like you just couldn't because of the pain. And then after, you know, what you, when you went into labor, um, and delivered after your recovery, 
okay, besides the tearing, but just physically your recovery, how was that? Honestly, so I had the, um, you know, you have that ache from like the floor, your, is it your pelvic floor? Yeah, the pelvic floor, floor that mm-hmm. whole like achiness for about two weeks. And then I really quickly after that started feeling like myself again. I think I started working out four weeks in, nothing crazy. I didn't go back mm-hmm. to weight training right away, but just mm-hmm. walking, being able to walk again. Cause yeah. honestly the, the, her weight and my hips, you know, the kinetic chain was off. So my ankles would hurt, my feet would hurt when I would walk while yeah. I was pregnant. But all of that sort of started recovering really quickly within like two, three to four weeks all of that just kind of repaired and was getting back to normal. That's great. That is so wonderful. Thank you so much for being on my podcast and sharing with me. This is so much fun. This is great. I really, I really enjoyed speaking with you about your, your love and your passion. And it shows, it's like clearly shows in what you do and also your embodiment as, as, as also um, an expression of the work that you're doing. And that's, that's so great. I can't wait for people to like really hear and hopefully connect. With yeah. the fact that, you know, you have to make that mind-body connection as well. Yeah, and I just want to say just one last thing about, sure. you know, the journey of starting, you know, something like this, the life lifestyle change. People are so afraid that it's too late. It's never too late. Never. It's never mm-hmm. too late. And if you just, just, you know, found out you're pregnant today and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I should have started this three months ago. It's never too late. You know, you can always jump on this program um, or on a program like mine, you know, that incorporates everything and get your lifestyle healthy and, and working for you for, for the long run, not for, you know, not a fad diet, but forever. Yes, exactly. Not a fad diet. And I think that is what, that's one of the hardest things right now is that we're up against is this, this, um, negativity with the, the, not just negative, but uh, these fad diets that come and go and then everyone's on to the next and not really looking at food as as healing and healthy and helping you to get there, looking at it as I'll just do this. Like, um, I forgot the the one where you restrict all carbs for, the for keto. like three. The, the keto, keto is one, but there was another one. Um, the diet was another one. That and was there like was that. another one like yeah. that as well. But it's like all of that, that like you said, you can eat what you want in your body if you're feeding it properly, will process it the way it needs to be processed or the exactly. way it's supposed to be processed without restricting yourself yes. of any foods. It's yes. just eating whole foods and eating properly. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to find this information. Another thing people don't realize that I always have to tell my clients is Google will rank highest what people are looking for. for so if yes. you, you know, if you type in now, best diet for lose weight, you're going to get keto. You're going to get intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, it's not because those are actually the best the ways best. to lose weight. Exactly. It's because that's what everybody's looking for. So that's what Google will bring up first. Yes, exactly. So that can be really <laughs> confusing to a lot of people. Definitely. Can you let people know where to find you on um, those, your social platforms, your yes. website? Yes. So my company's called, um, MBX and it stands for the mind and body experience because that's what my program is. It's a mind, total mind, body, everything. Um, my website is uh, mbxfit.com 
My Instagram is MBX underscore FIT. I'm also on Pinterest with the same handle, MBX underscore FIT. Um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. But yes, Wonderful. Uh, Instagram, Pinterest, and my website, MBXFit.com. That's great. I, I, I really can't wait for people to see this. And thank you so much, Stellis. Thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. Gracias. Thanks for listening to the Clear Birth Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Clear Birth Podcast. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at theclearbirthpodcast at gmail.com. Adios. Hasta luego. Goodbye. Until next time.